0: Hi everybody, this is Moshe Fried and welcome to the very 52nd episode of the Class Stars podcast. Yes, believe it or not, we are concluding the first year of the Class Stars podcast. The first episode actually was published a year ago, tomorrow, May 5th. Well, depending on when you're listening to this, May 5th of 2019 was when episode one was published. And who knew that a year later, we'd still be going strong growing and growing. So today I'd like to talk a little bit about what it's it's been like doing a podcast for a year. Also wanna talk a little bit about some of the conversations that I've been having with teachers about teaching remotely. And I'd also like to talk about the boiling frog and how to prevent that from happening to you. The big question is, how do teachers like us who are being pulled in so many directions with so many demands and so much to do, How do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day, and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question, and the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed. It's hard to imagine that a year has passed by of doing the Class Stars podcast, But the truth of the matter is that a year kind of flies by when you're having fun. And doing the podcast, uh, when I started, I'm not sure exactly what I thought it would be. But it certainly has been fun. And, you know, in the beginning, I started off really just talking about how I got into the whole Class Stars app, which at that time, it wasn't developed. Now, as I've been mentioning the last couple of weeks, the app is available. It is live in the App Store, iOS App Store, Google Play, and Microsoft App Store. So all the major tablet App Stores have the app and I encourage everybody to check it out, download it, play around with it. We just over the weekend added a new feature just to make it really easy to get how really easy it is to use. When you download the app and sign in, there is a button that automatically sets up a demo class. So you can download the app, sign in, set up the demo class and go into class and you'll see how quick and simple it is to record data so much faster than anything you've ever seen, which allows you to collect so much more data than you've ever done before, which gives you really unprecedented insight into how students are going. But anyway, I digress. We started off the podcast talking about how I got involved in education and trying to speak to everybody about education and the concepts that really, that I deal with as a social worker, working with school-aged kids and their teachers and their parents trying to get a comprehensive uh, perspective because we're all people here, we're all trying to make this work. And too often it becomes the teachers against the parents or the parents against the teachers or, or the administrators against the teachers or the teachers against the administrators. It, it very often becomes like sides there, are different teams. And <clears throat> things don't end well when it goes that way. We've got, we've got to come together, we've got to work as a team. And that has always been my focus, my goal to bring people together as a team and it's challenging it's not something that's easy to do it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of patience it takes a lot of listening and and really listening is the key listening to to all the sides and and recognizing that there's validity to every side and trying to find the common ground where where we can work and and build it slowly but surely so i started off with episode 1 just talking about it how i got into it and and different concepts that i've been discussing over the years and then um you know at some point I realized that I can actually not just give my own monologues which which are fine I I love doing that too and the feedback that I get on this is fantastic so I want to thank everybody that's been giving me great feedback but I realized that there are people that I've whose paths I've crossed in this journey and I if I can bring them on and interview them and talk to them about the conversations that I've had it will be even better so in July, I met with Jack Spatola, who was a former New York City public school principal. He was a public school principal for over 30 years, really one of the top in the city. And he has become a great friend and advisor for Class Stars overall. We piloted Class Stars in his public school, and he was really, really fantastic. So I sat down with him, and then, and then I realized that there's, there are a lot of people out there that can bring their voice to the podcast and really increase the perspective, broaden the perspective. So I just wanted to go through a list of some of the names of the people, I'll try to get to everybody. We had Jack Spatola, we had Angie Eilers, who I met at the ISTE conference in June last year, the CEO of Your Turn. We have Kimberly Ballinger, who's a great teacher that I met on Facebook, ran a Facebook group over there who's now retired also. Then I met coach Richard, Martin Richards from the UK, did a fantastic Fantastic job. Does a lot of great work with coaching. Gives free coaching to teachers around the world. You can check him out as well. Callie Williams was amazing. She runs a great Facebook teachers group, teachers helping teachers. And is a great teacher. As I always love her posts that uh, she's posting about what's going on. Keith Sharkey runs the um, that travel agency in, in the UK. <clears throat> Holsbury Travel. Hi everybody, this is Ooh. Moshe Friedman. After that, I met with Carl Ubelhauer, Ubelhauer, I'm sorry about that, Carl. Also a great passionate teacher who's uh, really contributed in a very, very vibrant way. After that, I met with my partner at Class Stars at P&Q Systems, Saul Fried. Then I spoke with Jason Hayes, great, great teacher out in Texas, great author, great, great teacher. Jody Peltz, who is now doing a lot of substituting work but also a wonderful wonderful teacher then we started taking it really internationally the truth of the matter is really we had taken it internationally earlier with um keith sharkey and with martin richards um and maybe somebody else but i got to meet with Mugishu Ndabuli from south africa from the congo actually he was really, really fantastic, the work that he's doing, helping the women who are survivors of wars and, and all kinds of horrible, horrible experiences they go through. He really works with them and empowers them. Him and his wife are, are really doing amazing, amazing work. Then I got to meet, you know, to go all the way out to Australia and talk with Kathleen Halgarten, who was fantastic. Then we went to Hungary to speak with David Samoji, Really interesting to hear what education is like, what schools are like, what it's like to be a teacher in <clears throat> in Hungary. Different very, very different from the United States. Then going up to Canada, not too far away, to talk with Megan Underwood, who is now in EdTech but was a teacher at one point and doing great, great developing great tools for education and technology. Karen Sorenstein from from uh, from California. After that, well, she's also an ed tech, doing great work. After that, um, met, met with Meg, Charle, and Brienne Moore from also the United Kingdom, doing some coaching and doing mindfulness, doing a lot of really, really great work. And we had a couple of other interviews scheduled and even actually recorded, and that's when the coronavirus hit. So I kind of shifted away from talking about general concepts and and just trying to focus on the matter at hand, trying to deal with the challenges of the coronavirus and obviously early on, early on it was extremely frightening, so much uncertainty, which really hasn't subsided. There still is a lot of uncertainty, and it still really is very frightening. but like everything, you kind of try to adapt to it, and the challenges change, the challenges shift um everybody's in remote learning now, and in the United States it's kind of going to be this way. At least until through June till the end of the year. Hopefully, in the summer or at least at the very least in the fall, we can get back to regular teaching. So the topic started going more towards, you know, managing with those kinds of things. But it has really been fun bringing all these guests on and talking about their journeys and all the different perspectives that they bring. You know, when you have an international uh, panel of really passionate and great teachers. It really opens you up to, number one, appreciate what you have and appreciate the the beauty of the work that you do. So that's really, really amazing. So I want to thank all of the guests for coming on. And maybe we'll have some of them again, definitely in touch with many of them. So the opportunity to bring some of them back for the second year is very, very real. If there's anybody in particular that you like, let me know, you know, shout out. Let us know who... You want to hear more of you can go listen to all the podcasts, obviously on any podcast platform whatever you like to wherever you like to listen to podcasts. The other thing really that that really is my passion that brought me into this in the first place is talking about how to help teachers be better teachers and connect with kids and it is really where the class stars app was born because the foundation of great learning happens when there is a solid relationship between the teachers and the students and like I spoke about way back when in episode one, a year ago, is that there's so many kids that don't realize what the teachers think about them. And in fact, it's not just teachers and students. You know, we all make assumptions and our assumptions are based on real things. Nobody thinks something for nothing. So that doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that it's correct. And if I had a nickel for every time, I worked with a kid who thought his teacher didn't like him or her for whatever reason and it wasn't true I'd have a lot of nickels so so it's important to to understand that and to and to bridge those gaps and as a therapist working for 45 minutes one on one with children and then spending time with their parents and their teachers there was a chance that I can do it I I can't say that I was successful 100% of the time clearly not it's not totally up to me there are some situations that you know, that I can't help with. And, you know, obviously that's just the way it goes. But so often it's, it's about the relationship. And when I realize that there are indicators of, of measuring a good relationship, and one of the big indicators is the ratio of positive feedbacks to negative feedbacks and how that plays out in a classroom where kids that are getting criticized are not getting nearly enough encouragement, I figure there's got to be a better way there's gotta be a better way to do this. So the idea was to develop an app. That was one, one consideration. The other consideration was that teachers just didn't have the information necessary to implement the interventions that work. You can't manage what you can't measure and you've got to be able to measure this on a subtle level because the progress is slow. And if you can't recognize that small those small steps, you're never gonna to get to the bigger steps. So those two considerations really came in when thinking, you know, conceiving the idea of class stars was there's got to be a way to allow teachers to really have a better idea of what's going on in the classroom and which kids need their encouragement. And that's what the app basically does. It's really simple, really easy to record, positive feedback and misbehaviors. And I'll never forget... When I was talking to the teacher early on and saying every time a child misbehaves, you swipe down on the child and you can do it on single swipe mode and then you don't get the details, but you know that a child acted out at this time. So you can count the number of misbehaviors over a period of time. And the teacher said, well, don't you think a child deserves that once in a while? I should look aside if they misbehave. Like, do I really need to record every single misbehavior? And I told him that it depends why you're writing down the misbehavior. If you're marking down the misbehavior because you're penalizing the child or you're deducting points, you know, there's certainly that kind of a concept where when somebody's acting out, you don't get into a cycle with them where you know, you deduct points and then they act out more to show you that they don't care. So you deduct more points and it goes back and forth. That's obviously not useful. But if the reason why you're recording this misbehavior is because you want to know how much positive feedback do I need to give you I need to give you positive feedback 10 not 10 times 5 times of whatever misbehavior you have. So if you misbehave once today, I need to give you 5 times positive feedback. If you misbehave 5 times today, I got to give you 25 positive feedbacks. Okay, if your motivation for recording negative behavior is to determine how much positive feedback I need to give you, then when you're looking aside when I misbehave, you're not doing me a favor. You're depriving me of positive feedback that I deserve. And, you know, think about that, think about that. We're not recording negative behavior in class stars to penalize kids. And I had it once where we walked into a school that was piloting the app a number of years ago, and the principal had this horrified look on her face. And I may have said this story before, it's just stuck in my mind about how a teacher was really using it as a policing tool. And I told the teacher, no, no, no this is not a policing tool. That's not, that, that doesn't work. That doesn't motivate kids, okay? You're recording negative behavior because that is the benchmark, the baseline by which you determine how much positive feedback a particular child needs. Now, if they're not acting out at all, then everybody gets equal. You know, tier one is everybody should get positive feedback every day. I mean, that, that should go without saying. No kid should come to school and go home without positive feedback from the teacher. There's no doubt about that. Okay. The problem is when kids are being recognized for negative behavior, then they need even more positive feedback. So then one a day or two a day is not going to be enough. If this kid acted out five times, now you got to really pile on the positive feedback. And it's hard. It's hard to do when it gets that much. And you might not be able to do it, but at least you'll know. At least you'll be aware of it. And then you can call in for extra help if it's not, if it's not practical, if it's not working. You know, a teacher is not responsible to sol- solve every single problem in the classroom either. You know, this idea that a teacher has to have every kid getting a 90 or above or whatever it is, is just ridiculous. So we work with the kids. Every kid's got different levels of ability. We understand who they are. We understand their learning styles. We understand their strengths and their weaknesses. And we try to teach them as best as we can. And we try to be as encouraging as possible. But if we're not able to maintain certain benchmarks or certain certain criteria with certain kids, then we gotta call in the reserves. We gotta call for backup, and that's what Class Stars lets you realize, and it lets you know this with every single kid in the class. It's remarkable, and the teachers that that are that are using it properly report this back. You know, have gotten great feedback over the years, and now it's available for everybody. It's free until the end of the year. It's completely free. We've, we've un, un, unleashed the entire suite. In September, we're going to have tiered pricing. It's going to be low-end pricing that individual teachers can afford on their own between $2.99 and $9.99 a month. And obviously, we're going to have school-wide licenses um, that will be more expensive, but that's not going to be the teacher's responsibility. Obviously, that will be the school's responsibility to pay. The teachers will have to you know advocate with the school but you'll always be able to use something there will be something you know to to allow single individual teachers to download the app and use it in their classroom so we're we're you know that's that's the plan for now you know I'm also reminded of a story of of a parent who called me once of of an old client of mine I wasn't working with this child anymore but he was in first grade and and the parent called me she said you know you know, I know we're not working together anymore, and you know he, the reason why we weren't working was because he didn't need it anymore, so we were still on really good terms, thankfully. She said, "I just wanted to call you to tell you that my son complained to me that his teacher is using your program. you know he knew that I was involved with the program, I was helping the teacher out, and he's really scared because he said that now every time he acts out, the teacher marks it down and I told him I told the mother I said, "Tell him he shouldn 't be scared because when the teacher marks down that he did something that he wasn't supposed to do it's only to remind the teacher to be nice to him at other times so that she she doesn't only see the bad things that he does because inevitably what happens and I spoke about this last week with you know with wicked you know when you see somebody acting out all day all the time when you watch the wizard of oz and you see the wicked witch of the west you come away thinking that this woman is awful but if you want to see them in a positive light you've got to look for positive things that they do and that's also part Of the idea behind class stars So I had mentioned in the introduction You know before the theme song came on That I wanted to talk about the boiling frog So you know You might know about the experiment with the boiling frog Where if you And and I don't know why anybody would want to boil a frog anyway I mean that's just disgusting if you ask me But this is just the way they talk about it This was done back in the day I guess when people Did these kinds of things But if you put up a frog In boiling hot water it will jump out But what people had discovered is that if you put a frog in warm water and you slowly boil the water, because the change is gradual, the frog will not notice and eventually be boiled alive. And what does that have to do with teaching? You know, what I realized, and and I had seen this so, so many times, you know, you're a teacher and you're teaching in a classroom. And again, you have this across all ages. I've seen this in you know, first grade, second grade, middle school, high school. It happens across the spectrum. And tell me if tell me if you've had this too. A child is going to act out in a really, really subtle way. And it's going to be so mildly disruptive. It's not even disruptive. It's so subtle that for you to stop your lesson to address that issue would be more disruptive than what the child is actually doing. And again, when I say child, I don't mean necessarily a six-year-old. It could be a high school teenager. But they're smart. The first time they act out, it's very subtle. And you're not going to say anything because it's just not worth it. You've got so much to do. And as long as you're able to deliver your lesson, you're happy. But then it comes to a point where you're debating. You know, the child is going to continue to push the envelope. The student continues to push the envelope. And, it. you know, you decide, you know, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to look aside. And you're hoping that this student will recognize that you're being caring and compassionate and looking aside and they'll stop. But they get an entirely different message. The message that they get is that this kind of behavior is okay and they continue to push the envelope. And eventually one day your patience runs out and you just lose it with this kid. Because here you are being tolerant except that you've never actually had this conversation with this kid because by the time class is over, you've already forgotten about it because it wasn't really that disruptive in the first place and you've got so many other things going on, so who remembers, right? And you're not going to stop to write it down because even when you do write it down, you lose the paper that you wrote it down on or you can't read it even if you didn't lose the paper because who could read their own handwriting these days, right? So th- these, are, these are the kinds of stories that go on and that's the case of the boiling frog because at what point do you start recording misbehaviors? You know How disruptive does it need to be in order to be recorded, in order to be written down? So it's hard to know, and obviously it's different under different circumstances, but the beauty of Class Stars is that it allows you to record misbehaviors that really you otherwise wouldn't record. Because, again, you're not recording it to penalize the kid, you're recording it because if you see them doing something bad, you need to counter that by catching them being good so you need to record those misbehaviors. Now again, that doesn't mean you need to record, you know, you could you could not teach and just be swiping and recording stuff. Of course not. You have to find the, you know, the middle ground that works for you. You have to find what's reasonable. Teach, do your thing. You know, what I encourage teachers is to do is take a time at the beginning of the class to glance over and see if there are any kids that need positive feedback and give them positive feedback at the at the start of the class. You know, find something good to to encourage them about. Then give your lesson. Teach teach your first the first piece of your lesson and tr- and and look for particular students that you want to engage when you're teaching the first part of the lesson. And then when you're engaging them to get their feedback whether it's a formative assessment or you're just commenting on their work or whatever it is, you have different periods and you transition between you know, when I spoke about this on the structure, the structure of the, of the perfect class, the secret structure of the, of the perfect class, you transition back and forth between teaching and, and giving feedback to the kids. And you find those kids that need the positive feedback. You give them positive feedback. And as the day goes on, you're recording the positive feedback, and obviously, if somebody's acting out, you swipe down on them, and you record the negative feedback. But after using it for a couple of days, you'll see that you'll get you'll get the hang of it, you get the gist of it. It is so seamless, it is so effortless, and that's just recording positive and negative events. Swipe up, swipe down. There's also real time attendance. There's so much in Class Stars that you know we'll, we'll obviously talk about as we go, but you know. It's been really, really an amazing year, and I'm so excited for the upcoming year because, like I told you, we've we've published Class Stars. I'm now uh, working with several teachers who are going to start using it now that it's out there, and we will actually be doing podcast conversations about actually using Class Stars, you know, what they like, what they don't like, what's easy, what takes getting used to, and getting tips. And if you'd like to be one of those teachers – then you could certainly, certainly reach out to me. You can download the app on any of the app stores, sign up, start using it. It's great for remote learning to make sure that nobody goes unnoticed. I mean, how many times, you know, with, with everything teaching over Zoom or whatever you're using, you know, we're we're not in our element now. We're We're clearly not. And to have this simply sitting on a separate device next to whatever device you're using to do your remote teaching and just swipe up on the kids as you're engaging them and make sure you get to everybody. It's so valuable. It's so valuable. So if you want to be on the podcast and you want to have a conversation around Class Stars, then go ahead, download it, email me. Send an email to info at classstars.com. That's info at classstars.com. Or through the Anchor website. I think you can leave a message that way too. Or find us on Facebook, Class Stars on Facebook, and reach out and we'll be happy to talk to you and and get you going. And who knows, maybe you'll be featured on a future episode of the Class Stars Podcast. Anyway, thanks to everyone for listening, making this really, really a great year. Really amazing that we're a year into uh, the the podcast, 52 episodes. I was debating also, actually, I wanted to mention this earlier, but I was debating if I was gonna start a second season. You know, is this continuing season one, episode 51, episode 52, or do we start season two, episode one? How do we do that? And basically what I decided to do is we're gonna finish out the school year in episode one. And maybe we'll go through the summer too. But in the fall, in September, when it's a new school year here in the United States, we will, God willing, start season two. And by that time, hopefully it will be an even better podcast. And hopefully we'll be back to normal, back to school and school. We'll be past this coronavirus. And uh, in the meantime, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week on the next episode of the Class Stars podcast. Download the app, tell your friends about it, tell your friends about the podcast, and let's rock on. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, visit our website, take our free training, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a Class Stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.